Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast, an audio breakdown of the regulatory barriers to social equity in the cannabis industry by Marijuana Matters. My name is Deanna Benjamin, and I'm your host. If you're going to be a cannabis entrepreneur, there's a certain profile you have to fit, right? A list of boxes you've got to check, a certain level of professional experience in business or agriculture, right? Well, no. Like any other industry, cannabis is wide enough and has enough gaps and needs to fit people with all kinds of experience and expertise. Plus, who's to say that your unique skill set and identity aren't exactly what your market is missing? I had the joy of talking with Ashley Jelks about these questions, and she had so much wisdom and experience to offer. She's a software engineer, yoga instructor, wellness practitioner, and founder of the High Priestess Herbal Wellness, a cannabis brand focused on helping people use herbal remedies like cannabis to improve their overall health. Ashley is forging her own path. In doing so, She's showing anyone wise enough to watch how to honor your vision and design by creating space, even when there doesn't appear to be any. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Uh, Today, I am super excited to continue in our series with Minorities and Cannabis Boot Campers. Um, This year, Marijuana Matters launched the Minorities in Cannabis Bootcamp, we're calling it Mike Bootcamp for short. It's a free virtual program that was built to help cannabis entrepreneurs start up their brands um, in this very interesting, tenuous industry. And today I am here with Ashley Jelks. She is, you know, part of our first cohort. She's building her own brand and she has generously given us her time so she can share her experience. And we're really happy to have you, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. So I want to, I love starting here because everybody has such a different answer and different experiences, but what brought you into the cannabis space? I, I had a chance to look a little bit at your background and I'm hoping you can give some people, you know, your former experience, but you definitely didn't start out in weed. <laughs> I did not. I did not start out as a cannabis entrepreneur. Um, you know, I did start out before I you know, before I started working on the brand. I um, was a wellness advocate and a wellness practitioner of sorts. And so by that, I mean, um, I have a couple of different types of yoga certifications. And so I've taught mindfulness, meditation, wellness, yoga, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm also a software engineer by day. So like very, very different you know, trajectory of, of interest and in kind of bringing all these different things together. Um, but in terms of, I guess, how I started out, I think it's probably fair to say that my, my background as a wellness, you know, yogi, yoga instructor, wellness practitioner, um, and also a user of cannabis that sort of integrated cannabis and wellness. And so one of my favorite things to do is like to have a little cannabis. It could be CBD, depending on what I need to do later, or it could be THC cannabis, but have some cannabis, do yoga, meditate, kind of spend time in nature, like reflect, go inward. And so I think, and it was probably like through those practices of like, you know, integrating movement and meditation and cannabis that I like came upon um, an idea I had, which is essentially to like 
integrate herbalism and herbal plants that I work with, with cannabis. Um, and so that's like one, like there's so many versions of like, kind of like, there's so many paths that have like led me to even be talking to you today, but that's, that's, that's certainly one of them. Um, and I would say the biggest thing for me was just like an overwhelming lack of both like in the wellness industry, particularly in, in, like in yoga spaces and like certainly in meditation spaces, definitely in cannabis spaces, was an overwhelming lack of diversity, overwhelming lack of the presence of Black women, presence of like different kinds of bodies. Um, and I just kind of got tired of it, like, look, like, you know, wellness having one, one look and like me never fitting into that look, even though I literally this is like a huge part of my life. Wellness is a huge part of my life. Um, and so I think those, yeah, those are some, some of the, the inspirations for me to kind of get on this path. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to talk more about that or we can. Ooh, we can that, that gave me chills. I have, I have <laughs> questions and comments just because, so <laughs> when you first started giving your answer, you were like, you know, I have yoga certifications, meditation, wellness, and I'm a software engineer. And those are two totally different worlds. My first thought was like, they don't have, you know, they don't have to be, but we do train ourselves to put ourselves and other people into boxes. And I think that's one of the cool things about the cannabis industry, because it's not fully legal and it hasn't been totally taken over by like regulations there's a lot of this ambiguity um, and, and I'm hearing more and more, a lot of people, uh, black people um, connecting the wellness piece of cannabis, which is not, that's not what we stereotypically, that's not the, the narrative that we're given. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing it. And I feel like it, it, go, it, it all goes well together. We're human beings. You're a software engineer who cares about your mental and physical wellness. <laughs> So those things seem totally cohesive. Um, your brand, the High Priestess Herbal Wellness, what, so you have like this passion, a strong passion for wellness, physically, mentally. How did that shift into creating an actual brand, like actually going about it and creating some kind of business based on that passion? Because there are a lot of people who are like, yeah. yeah you know, I like yoga, I like meditation, but they don't necessarily want to take that plunge into cannabis. Yeah, that's a, I think I have a lot of answers to that. The one that most immediately comes to mind for me is like a desire to, um, okay, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent, but, but stay with me. I'm gonna come back. Um, ready. So we, we operate in this sort of very, by we, I mean, everyone in the Western world, particularly people of color in the United States, we operate within this like very patriarchal capitalist, like work ethic, hustle, flow, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, work hard. That's the only way, you know, like burn yourself the fuck out before you can even like have any measure of success and then do that for somebody else's coin, right? For the benefit of somebody else. And, um, I'm just not here for that, right? There are there are people that like have like the entire platform sort of devoted to like talking about what that is. I'm just very briefly gonna get in just that I'm just not here for that, right? That's 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 not that that was not my ministry. Um and so yeah, I think in part I was like, okay, I also I don't want to hustle like this for someone else's dreams, for someone else's business, mm. for someone else's ideas, right? Um 
as a software engineer, like I get to like exercise some things that I really enjoy doing with my brain, but like there's so many other talents I have that I, like I leave on the table every day, like in terms of organizing, in terms of leadership, in terms of like working with collaborating with other people in like very specific ways. Um, I like, don't get me wrong. I do, I do enjoy being heads down, just writing code sometimes, not talking to anyone, just kind of like mopping up, but like, that's not what I'm trying to do for the rest of my life. So I think so the, that's one part of it, right? Not really wanting to fit into this sort of capitalist, like, model of like fuckery like no I want to I don't want to work for someone else and for someone else's dreams right yeah. if I'm gonna like, if I'm gonna work hard and hustle like that I want it to be so I can create something for me and my my community my family the people that have supported me right and so and then kind of going back to the other piece I mentioned earlier like we know that like there's not there's like very little representation particularly of black women in cannabis that are like you know like moving and making money and doing things like that it's there's so few of us and so I was like okay um put this together right like you got a whole bunch of skills you're not using. You are like heavy into like, you know, the use of plant medicines, not just cannabis, like many, like herbs, essentially like plant-based medicines and meditation and mindfulness. You want to like rock with your own business. You want to create intergenerational wealth that you can begin to pass down to your kids and their kids and their kids, right? That's always one of my like affirmations, right? I'm, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the people that come after me. Um, and so really it was just a chance to kind of put it all together. Um, and so, and I like, it, it's a leap, right? It was a leap of faith, it was a leap of effort, certainly a financial leap. Um, I'm not gonna say it's like that it is easier that it's been easy by no means. It's balancing like building a brand and a business um, as a black woman with very little like of like my capital, my startup, my resources are, are me. Like there's, I don't, I can't like call and be like, hey daddy, can you give me a check for $25,000? I wanna do a thing. And I'm not knocking people that can do that. That's just not me, right? That's not where I'm so I think all of these things combined have really put me in a place where I'm like all right I want to I want to build this thing and so that's <laughs> I will say I, I just did it but it's definitely like a, a work in progress an ongoing pro pro um, process yes and so inspirational to hear you talk about it and your process I mean there's like there's so much there's so much so okay I'm, I cannot I would be remiss to let this opportunity go by. You are a person with a lot of passion and knowledge about wellness and mindfulness. And at the same time, you are working from what I understand full-time as a software engineer and you are building a brand. So let the people know how. <laughs> like what, how do you, how are you maintaining your own? And I mean, not even to be like, I'm sure you have days where you're like, dang, ah, this is not a super great day. Or, and days where you're like, I'm, I'm rocking it. What advice do you have? Cause like I, that, that drive that you have that desire to, you know, hustle for your own dreams. Like that mm -hmm. is a thing that white people in America have just, they just inherited that belief for the most part. And that is something that people of color in this country, we, I struggle to believe that I'm even worthy of that. Even when you hustle for it, even when you try and do it, there's this feeling of like this, no one else in my family did this. Mm -hmm. I must be doing something wrong. So mm -hmm. how do you balance all of that and stay healthy? Um, mm -hmm. Just, yeah. What, what advice can you give me? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> okay. This, let's, Okay, sorry. There's two things. I'm, I hear your question, and I cannot help but think of something that uh, um, uh, I'm going to say a superior, someone that's like very much above me in a company that I worked for, said to me once. And um, so basically, he 
we were reorganizing. I know they were, we were like shifting around our company, laying people off, make, making new departments and all these different things. And we were having a one-on-one -on -one. and um, just really crazy time. The important part of the story is what he said to me. And he was like, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a white man. I come from a lot of privilege, a lot of wealth. And that makes me unafraid to fail and unafraid to make mistakes because I know if things don't work out, I can go anywhere. I can do anything else. And he said that to me. And that <laughs> I honestly think that's one of the, this was like a conversation I had a couple years ago. And I honestly think I, re I remember it to this day, what he said to me. And I was like, man, that like level of I mean, I appreciate the candor, but that level of privilege to just fail and ha like have it have consequences, not just for you, but for other people and you, but you can just kind of walk away. That must be like a really nice position to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I, I, I could like critique all the things that were problematic in what he said, but I like, it, it stuck with me because I was like, oh, I don't actually have yeah. privilege, like to fail or to not show up or, to, you know, what, like just mm -hmm. for this, for this, for the things I do to not work out. Um, and so I think I, that's sort of in the back of my mind, not like, you know, I can't fail. I can't make mistakes. I, I literally make mistakes every single day, but like, I'm trying to, to, to cultivate something to where I do feel like I have space and privilege to like make mistakes and make like, I'm not there yet. That, that's sort of like, I want to get to the point where I feel like I can be stable and I can say something like that. Right. Um, but, and actually side note, we're going to have to cut this part of the interview out because I'm, I'm definitely like getting off track here. Okay. Okay. I mean, cause I don't want, I'm not trying to like this, no, this person that I'm thinking of, like it, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's like a must be nice sounds, sounds about white kind of thing to say, but also like, damn, like, okay, yeah. that's a mindset shift. Like, what does it look yeah. like? What does your world look like when you, you have so much opportunity and privilege and resources that you you aren't afraid to fail, right? And so anyway, I think I tried to like take that attitude, mm -hmm. but like the knowledge that like, that's not my reality. My reality is that like, if I don't do great at my job, I got to find another one, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but like, what do, like if I'm, if I, what is it, what does my work look like? What are the things I build and, and, and conceive of in my mind and like produce with my hands and my labor and my efforts? What does it look like if I'm not afraid to fail, right? And I think mm -hmm. that is, that's like very top of mind for me. That plus like kind of putting my like essential needs first and foremost above my job, above literally above everyone and everything. The company, because if like I'm, I can only ever be as good as, I'm sorry, the, the business can only ever be as good as I am, right? Um, and so if I'm not getting the sleep I need, if I'm not getting the exercise I need, the meditation I need, the rest I need, the movement I need, I'm not good. I'm not good to you. I'm not good to my colleagues. I'm not good. I'm not good to anybody. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think about those things, like operate from a place of not being aware, being afraid to fail and also showing up for yourself, like in ways that, so you can kind of put your best foot forward. Um, and I, I struggle with that some days, like I don't get, I don't get enough sleep. Some days I haven't like eaten nutritious food because I've been so busy back to back to back. Um, but always kind of circling back to, to like, to those things, I think it's helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like allowing yourself a little bit of grace, yeah. right? Like it's not, there was a moment and I definitely experienced some burnout, you know, that I've pretty recently kind of came out of and, and, and now on the other side of, but there was a time kind of when I first was like earlier, earlier in this year, you know, we were all in lockdown, everything's closed, it's winter time, the weather sucks, perfect time to kind of be indoors and be busy. So my days will look like 
you know, nine to five working for somebody else and then 5 p.m. to to midnight working for myself, working on building this company. And obviously, what is that? That's nine to midnight. That's like one hour a day. If I sleep eight hours, (laughs) it it was not sustainable. And so I crashed. I was not like I was I wasn't showing up for anybody the way I needed to. Not for friends and family, not in my relationships, not as a business owner, not as an employee, as a software engineer. I was just like giving the least amount to everything just to, to show up in all these ways. And I was like, this isn't working either. So like, what needs, what needs to happen? Okay. You can't work 15 hours a day or whatever, you know, whatever number of hours it is. That's like, that's not sustainable. So seven, eight hours at your day job, making sure like to get in like the meditation, the sleep, the rest, the, the breaks, the relaxation, the exercise, all those things that, but that don't take long. Like people think you, you need four or five hours to like exercise and eat right and, and cooking all these things. It's not true at all. Right. It's right. just prioritizing what's important and like time boxing. Yeah. And also hiring out for help. I was like, okay, like I need clean space. I, I need, I need that. That's important for me. So I like hired somebody to come help me clean my, or clean my house, you know, once a week. That was, if you can, if you can, if you have the resources to like export some of the work, yeah. do that. Right. Like, don't even stress about it. I was like, cause this, you know, extra money I'm spending on, on putting, you know, money in the house in the housekeeper's coin is giving me so much more time to like have clarity in my space. And, you know, like it just, so what does that look like for you? I think would be a good question. Like, what do you need to sort of kind of show up and be your best? And can you throw some money at a problem that will open up some more space mm. for you in other ways? So I did that kind of like as a side note tangent. And then, um, and I was like, realistically, I can't be hard on myself because I didn't work from on my business from 5 p.m. until midnight. Like maybe I work on my business from 5 p.m. till 8 p.m., you know, or I take off a day from work every, you know, occasionally and I have a whole Friday just to kind of like mob on my business and not think about my day job, like doing different things, right? Like we're not trees. We don't have roots that are coming up the bottoms of our feet that have us stuck in place. We can't move. We can't. No, that's not how this is. Like we can pivot, shift, reorganize. Um, and so, yeah, so I, that for, and for me, that's like a, it's a, that's a, it's a moving target of like what showing up in my, as my best self looks like, but like prioritizing that I need to do certain things in order to do that. That's like always top of mind, trying not to be afraid of failure. And like, I, we could talk about that in a whole, in a whole nother, like a whole nother, um, podcast session, right. About like imposter syndrome, particularly yeah. amongst black women. Yeah. I, I'm, we don't even need to get into that right now. I struggle with it every single day. And then I also have to check myself and be like, look, you are fucking awesome. Just get out of your head, get out of your ass and get, get your head out of your ass, excuse me. And like, keep it pushing. So I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful or not, but like definitely just remembering who the fuck I am, remembering that I'm also human, yeah. you know, being kind and compassionate to myself when I have like unrealistic expectations of myself, all of these things, like letting the perfectionism shit go, because that's definitely a part of like this hustle grind, capitalist, you know, white supremacist work culture that we're part of that I'm like actively trying to resist. Um, yeah, these are, those are, that's what comes to mind for me. <laughs> that's incredibly helpful, incredibly helpful, because I think the overarching theme that I hear from what you're saying is here is a narrative that you have absorbed because you're in America. And here are the actions that you take to disrupt that narrative. Like, even when you talk about imposter syndrome and feeling it and experiencing it all the time, your reality is that you are still pursuing the dream despite the imposter syndrome. And I think that's where like, that's where the breakthrough is because we all feel that way. 
But then what do you do? Do you do what the imposter syndrome says you must? Or do you say, I'm extraordinarily uncomfortable prioritizing myself uh, and taking care of myself and saying no to this and changing my time and changing my schedule, but this is what's right for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that what, you, what you're talking about, you can see it. People in this country are anxious, depressed, unhealthy, because we don't know how to prioritize ourselves. We are often just into that system. So that was super helpful. I hope y'all heard that and absorbed it. And I'm gonna be listening to this, taking notes. Um, so now tell us about what your brand is. That your brand is the High Priestess Herbal Wellness. What do you what is your what do you do now? Where are you now in the process? What's your vision for the brand? Yeah. So I my brand is essentially an integration of of many things that are important to me, right? So I'm an herbalist. Um, I'm, a, I'm a wellness practitioner. I'm a cannabis user. Um, I'm a cannabis ad, advocate. And so. Um, I create uh, cannabis-infused herbalist, herbalist, herbal products, rather, herbal products for um, basically, essentially, I want to say I focus on the needs of the, the mental health, the physical health, the sexual health, the emotional health, and wellness needs of queer and BIPOC folks. So these are communities that I either am a part of or in alliance with. Um, and that's not to say that non-queer and non-BIPOC folks couldn't benefit from, from the formulations that we create and things like that. But what I'm saying is like, I think about the needs of the communities that I'm a part of and that I serve. Mm-hmm. And that goes into the formulations that, I, that, that we make, right? And so um, some examples, right? So things to sort of help mitigate sleep and anxiety, things to help like mitigate, like, you know, stress in the workplace, kind of staying calm and staying focused in the workplace, things to sort of help mitigate um, sexual performance, sexual desire, sexual wellness. Um, so these are, you know, these are issues that humans that are queer and BIPOC particularly face, right? And, you know, like anxiety, depression, it's, it's if it's bad for humans, it's that much more worse for, yeah. for queer BIPOC, BIPOC folk, right? Um, and so, yeah, so that's just kind of where the focus of the products that I create and design, um, uh, that's where they lie. Um, yeah. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, you're filling a need, you're creating avenues for, for, toward wellness, and you are targeting people who need it the most, queer BIPOC communities who are very clearly ignored in marketing and <laughs> in product development. So, it's just everything about you says, I'm not satisfied with what you're telling me I'm supposed to be and what people like me are supposed to be. And so I'm going to create my own story, my own version and pursue that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's incredibly inspiring. And I thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing your story with us and sharing your experience. Like I'm inspired right now to go take a nap and then yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like just relax. So thank you so much for your time. We really enjoyed this. Thank you, Diana. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode of the Greenlight Podcast. If you support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'll help others find us and learn more about social equity in the cannabis industry. You can find out more about Marijuana Matters and our Minorities in Cannabis Boot Camp by checking out our website, marijuanamatters.org. And you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Marijuana Matters DC. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon.